Hello, everybody, and welcome to Libromancy, a podcast about the magic of books. I'm Josh, and today I'm talking about When Villains Rise by Rebecca Schaefer. So let's blackmail the magic of books. I thought this was a, let's just kind of talk about it. This is the third book in the the Market of Monsters series. I thought it was a good book. I feel like it really kind of progressed the series. Obviously, it progresses the series, but it really kept those themes going through the series. And especially the themes from the second book, it really kind of hits on and hits and gets them really solidified in this book. And I feel like that was a really good choice on the author's part to continue that. I feel like her writing has steadily improved a little bit. I can't, you know, jump up and down and say it's the best writing I've ever read, but it it was good. I didn't see anything that was really crazy about it. There were a couple little nitpicky things that I'm going to talk about later that just were like, what? Really? This is uh, this is what it is? But like, or this is how it's going to play out? But for the most part, I didn't have any real issues with the story or how it takes place. As I'm thinking about it, The Market of Monsters is an interesting series name for this series because the first book is all about the market. The second and third books are about, they're still about the market or the market of like monsters being killed and sold on the black market or like secretly versus like in the actual market of monsters or in the that they blew up in the first book so i don't think that's a bad idea though i just was uh came kind of came into my head as i was thinking about it and this book definitely ends the trilogy i'm pretty satisfied with where it left off i'm not 100% like happy but i'm not sad about where things were ended how they ended or where they ended because i think it's really good so let's just try and talk about this. Let's get into some character work here. Let's talk about Kovit. He is, you know, still growing. He's changing because he's obviously had to just kill Henry, you know, and he's starting to freak out because they know his name's going to go up on the list soon. So, you know, we get this feeling throughout the book, or at least I was in the first and second book, that maybe he isn't, Kovit necessarily isn't as bad as he is, even though he's told us a couple times, like, yes, I like to hurt people. That's my preferred method for getting food. But because we talk a lot about the the law kind of pushing them to be the worst version of themselves, we think, you know, maybe COVID after all of this will change. He'll grow. He'll want to do less. And it's like, nope. At the end of the book, he's just like, yep, I still want to hurt people. I still love hurting people. That's kind of how I do it. You know, I love, they, they get their, their groove on him and Nita, they kind of figure each other out. Like, I don't like to be there when you torture people. You don't like it when I dissect people. So those are just going to be like our hobbies that are separate from each other, but we'll still be together. And then he's like, I'll just pretend, you know, it'd be good for a while and get my food from these other places that aren't like evil. And because at the end of the book, they do get rid of the list through a whole lot of coincidences that I didn't see coming, but at the same time can 100% like stand behind these these choices. Like I didn't feel like it was out of left field or too crazy or just like, oh, of course, her mom just happens to be a founding member of, of the INHUP. It was more like, oh my gosh, her mom's a founding member of the INHUP because her mom's immortal and it doesn't matter and she likes to hunt people and that was uh you know Nita's mom of course and that was very exciting and then you know the sister his sister he meets with his sister and he's like he gets in contact with her and they're like oh I love you and I'm so sorry like you know are you being good are you doing getting food and he's like yeah of course and then you know she finds out that he killed her agent friend who was like oh he probably would have helped you too and I was like yeah okay maybe but like you didn't know that granted I think they should have taken a little bit better precautions when planning that kill, which I am glad to say they did get a lot better at killing people in this book because they kill quite a lot of people in this book. So, but it was, uh, it's good. This was, it was kind of refreshing to see that they just stayed evil. I mean, Nita is less evil. She's, she's pretty, you know, 
self-focused here. Kovitz, I think, just definitely evil because he does like to hurt people. But he does kind of like, oh, maybe I don't want to hurt everybody. You know, and she finally figures out in this book that it's not worth it to try and kill everybody. Some people you just have to let live. So let's talk about Nita for a little bit. You know, she still has this dream of going to college, which is really good. I've been pushing for that. She is a planner. She has been shows some excellent planning, but there's a couple of things that I was just like, that's your plan is to just go in and take it and then do something with it. And you'll make people afraid of you enough that you can go to college. And it's like, I don't think you can make people afraid enough to go to college. But luckily she has a dare who is able to help her out and point her in the right direction. And her mom in the beginning, I'm going to have to offer a full and complete retraction of my like for the mom from the previous book. Like in when I read it there, it looked like it was moving in the right direction. And in this book, it was definitely not moving in the right direction, her relationship with her mom, because her mom is, in fact, still very controlling and very possessive. And it's more of like a, an exercise of this is your chance to do what I tell you to do when I'm not telling you to do it right over your shoulder. I'm going to do what you need to do. I'm a hunter. I want to kill this Zanny. I'm just going to kill him. And then, you know, proceeds to try and kill Kovit. And does basically kill Kovit. But luckily, because Nita and Kovit had just killed the vampire, they're able to kind of drink that blood, which slows down the aging. Plus, a little bit of a mix of Nita's blood helps Kovit recover, which was pretty interesting. I'm not sure whether she should have let Kovit die or not. It's it's really tough to say because is the book stronger or worse with him living? It wasn't. It was, I think it was better with him living, but I think she could have done it just as easily. Well, maybe not just as easily, but just as effectively if he had died. All right, while we brought her up, let's talk about Nita's mom for a little bit. Like I said, I had to retract everything I say. She is very bad. She's very evil, very controlling, just likes to hunt and kill people. I was... I was wondering what was going to happen with Nita, if she was just going to escape and be on the run for a while, or if she was going to try and kill her mom. Obviously, her mom has a lot of practice, and her mom also has those, if she has the same, you know, ability as Nita does, which she does, she can, you know, super harden her muscles, and she's been working on this a lot longer than Nita, so she's probably a lot more durable. So I was very surprised and excited to see her die by explosion, which was just great. Like, then the explosion was so powerful that Nita, who's crouched behind a desk, you know, already toughening her skin, you know, in preparation for this and everything. Her muscles get melted, like her bones crack. Like I was just like, oh, this is some very good descriptions. I was going to say like the gruesome factor in this one was definitely still there when they're torturing people and they're killing people. And then especially in like this scene where like details like the destruction that this explosion causes totally destroys her mom, leaves a couple feet, like a bone or two and something else. And then there was... I think it was a really good line. I was very glad that she actually was able to somehow include it, but she wrote all three book titles in one sentence. So not even bones, only ashes remained when Nita rose. Now Nita is obviously the villain. She rises up, you know, it was very kind of like, oh, that's a cool moment. It's not often that a writer is able to kind of work that in and make it fit and be effective and not sound super cheesy or corny, and I didn't feel like it did. So, gotta mention Fabricio a little bit here. He is an interesting character. He is a big liar. He just, he can't stop lying, he says. Never knows what's the truth and what's a lie. He's 
told so many he can't keep it all straight. This was, this is part of this, of Fabricio is my little bit of nitpicks where his dad is not actually his dad. It's just his caretaker who, you know, we don't know who to believe, whether it's Fabricio or the caretaker that he was taking care of him until he turns 18 and can get into the passwords or not. He, Fabricio does, clearly doesn't care about his dad's business because he basically burns it all to the ground when he gives it to Nita with her password. But all right, let's just, let's just put it out there. You cannot find a 13 terabyte hard drive that you can just plug in and like be just fine. That is not going to happen. Like a 13 terabyte hard drive, that's especially a single hard drive. You can get, I thought it read a flash drive the first time and I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. 13 terabytes is kind of a lot. Like you can get big, you know, portable hard disks that are like backup ones that are like eight to 10 terabytes. Like, but that's still pricey. You gotta find a good one. And then it's a lot more work than just, oh yeah, let me just plug one thing into the laptop and it works. Now, I'm not trying to falter for this. This is just some, for Rebecca Schaefer, for this. This is just something I noticed that I was like, whoa, whoa, whoa. No, 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 no. I mean, you could carry it around inconspicuously, I guess. But like, if you're holding a hard drive in your hand, that's kind of weird. Like, you'd put it in your backpack. Any kind of damage could damage the hard drive. Like, mm, that's kind of this. The other thing, the the guy who's in charge of Tuacon Law, he just shows up to a meeting with a, a senator or politician who's, you know, there for the meeting without his guards. Like, if he's truly a, he's not part of a mob boss, because obviously Kobe was part of the mob boss, but it's a very similar thing. You'd think he'd show up with guards where he's like, you know, I have a lot of powerful information and everybody would want to be getting to it, therefore I better protect myself. But no, he just walks into the meeting, walks into the hotel room, knocks on the door, gets let in, nothing. I'm like, that's it? No guards? Like, so Tuacon Law was kind of disappointing to me. They get in super easily. There's no issue. They get all the data. Fabricio betrays them. They get out. And then Fabricio and Nita kind of patch things up a little bit where they're like, hey, I'll provide Kobe with the best lawyer. He can get, that'll get him off for sure. You just leave me alone forever. And they're like, okay, let's do it. Let's go our separate ways. So the Tuacon Law part was disappointing. But okay, the other thing I was thinking about that was just like, uh, was that really? Is they, they murder three people in the exact same room. And like... I, I get that, like, they're, they, they're not that professional, though. They're still teenagers, right? So, like, they're not going to be professional. Yes, I know how to murder anyone without a sound, especially Kobe torturing somebody. That's going to make a little bit of sound, no matter kind of what he does. But, like, they kill the politician. Then they get the vampire, which she dissects. And then they get Fabricio's dad, and they kill him. And it's like, um, this was, like, I mean... It's a hotel room. Not everybody's going to be like looking in the hotel room or like watching that carefully. Like, so I could totally see it happening. But for the level of like fanciness that this hotel seems to be, I'm like, mm, that just is a little, just a little bit far fetched for me. And then I, I just had another question I was thinking of. I was like, what about unicorns? They have to eat souls. There is like Xannies, there's kind of like an unlimited amount of pain that they could cause or do to get their, their food. Which again, I'm just still on that whole like, why can't the Xannies turn off their hunger? Like, Maybe they'd still starve and get that feeling, but they don't have to feed at every opportunity when they can, especially if you can't actually get any food from it. But the unicorns, if they have to eat a soul, like how often is that kind of a thing? Is that like they have to eat a soul a day? Because that's going through a lot of people, a soul a month, a soul every so often, like when they get hungry, doesn't matter. And it's not explained. That's just kind of where my brain was going. I was really surprised that Nita's plan for everything also was just like, well, we'll just go after them next and we'll just kind of expand our plan and make it bigger and bigger and bigger so first we're just going to go to Tuacon Law then we're going to have to take down the 
I hit up the dangerous list. And it's like, well, we can't take down the list. And COVID's already on it. So you know what we're going to do? We're just going to take down all of INHUP, which they're able to do because it's a corrupt organization and it has some secrets and they expose them along with some very, very selected video evidence of Kobe being a Zanny and being forced to do some torture. You know, like it was, I'm just surprised that it worked. I'm glad it worked. It was fun. The plot moved very fast. It kept me really engaged and be like, how are they going to get out of this? How are they going to move to the next plot? Like, where are they going to go from here? Nita using her super muscles and her super strength to pick up a motorcycle and chuck it into a crowd. Uh, very like, that was kind of actually a gruesome scene where she's like, yep, I just threw it and I, you know, hit this people, hit these people and knocked them down and, you know, killed them or whatever. And I'm like, yeah, they're not kidding. But it was a mob that they were trying to escape from. So can't say that it was completely un deserved for those people and so at the end of the book nita has all the information but again she doesn't know what to do with it she calls up adair and strikes a deal she'll be his apprentice she'll go to toronto for school learn how to do medical dissecting in the daytime and black marketeering in the nighttime so it's a good move on her part to actually be like hey adair you can use this information the most effectively you have to just teach me i'm not just going to put my life in your hands because that's something she doesn't you know like to do so all in all i think it was really fun it was was really good that's kind of all i have to talk about when villains rise by rebecca schaefer thanks everybody for listening thanks to david hillowitz for the intro and outro music if you have any questions comments please send them to libromancypod at gmail.com please like and subscribe wherever you get your podcast from and remember to blackmail the magic of books Mm